When you can get peace with people, peace with circumstances, and peace with God, you'll have peace with yourself. And now for What is Worth Your Peace? Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today I'm going to be speaking from the subject of what is worth your peace. What is worth your peace? Now the word peace has two different spellings depending upon which definition you are referring to. There is P-E-A-C-E, which generally means a state of harmony and calm. And then there's P-I-E-C-E, which has a multitude of meanings. That piece generally means a fragment of something, but it can also mean a gun. You can have a situation where someone says, you done made me lose my peace. You gave me a piece of your mind, now I'm going to go get my peace. Peace is also a vulgar term for sex or the sex act. It could also be the whole thing, such as a museum piece. There was once a farmer, and he had a large field and a lot of crops in it, but he had a nagging wife. And he often would just go out in the field to just get peace away from this nagging wife. And one day as he was sitting out in his field, his wife brought him his lunch out. And as she handed him his lunch, she just started tearing in on him berating him about this, complaining about that, giving him a piece of her mind, just one thing after another. And he was just sitting there in the field, eating his lunch, listening to his wife, just fussing at him. And his mule was standing right there, and the mule had been unhitched from the plow because he'd been doing a lot of plowing. And his wife was just going on, just going on and on and on. And finally, the mule just ran up on his front legs and just kicked out his back leg and kicked the wife in the head. Killed her on the spot. So the farmer was there at the funeral, and the priest who had done the sermon, the eulogy, was noticing after the service, as the women would come up to the farmer, he would nod his head. And then every time a man came up to the farmer, he would shake his head. And he saw this going. He saw a long line of folk coming up to the farmer. Every time a woman came up, he'd nod his head. Every time a man came up, he'd shake his head. So the priest went to him after the funeral. He said, look, I noticed every time a woman came up to you, you would nod your head. But every time a man came up to you, you would shake your head. What was that all about? He said, well, he said, every woman who came up to me told me how pretty my wife was and how nice the dress was. And I just agreed with them. And every man who came up to me asked me one question, was that mule for sale? There are basically three areas of peace, of the P-E-A-C-E type. There are basically three areas of peace, and these three areas of peace eventually evolve and meld into that major area of peace, which is peace with yourself. 
But the main three areas of peace that I'm going to talk about, peace with people, peace with circumstances, and peace with God. And when you can get peace with people, peace with circumstances, and peace with God, you'll have peace with yourself. Peace with people, Romans chapter 12 verses 17 through 21 says this. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Here Paul tells you how to be at peace with most people. What do you mean, Pastor Most? Because he leaves a caveat in there. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I want you all to repeat this after me. If it is possible, as far as it depends on me, live at peace with everyone. Now, for Paul to say, if it is possible, means obviously there are some people it is impossible to be at peace with. And there are some folk are not going to do right. They will push every button you got and then find some more that you didn't even know you had. They will get on your last nerve. They will do wrong. They won't do right. They're going to do all kinds of stuff that's contrary to the laws of God. There are some people where it is virtually impossible for you to be at peace. But Paul here says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, meaning you have done everything you can possibly do to be at peace with this person. Jesus, even when the disciples came and asked, how many times should I forgive? 70, no, 70 times 7. So you got to forgive somebody 490 times a day, but on that 491st time, you got permission. You got permission to give them a piece of your mind when you get to 491. But Jesus says 70 times seven a day. There are some people and they will almost literally push you 490 times. So there are some people without question who are much more difficult to deal with than others. Some people just an issue. There's no doubt about that. With the three brothers of the word, we actually represent three of the, what I would call the levels of tolerance. See, Elijah is the most peaceful person I know. He doesn't talk about anybody. 
no bad words come out. When I say bad words, I'm not talking about cursing words. I'm just talking about negative words, talking about people. No negative words come out of his mouth talking about people. I don't ever see him get upset. He's never angry. He's never fussing about him. He is the most peaceful person I know. If you get on see Elijah's nerve, you've got to be really, really bad. So he is the epitome of peace. I've never seen C. Elijah in an argument with anybody. He is the epitome of peace. Pastor James is in the middle. (laughs) He's a reasonably peaceful person, but Pastor James, you get on his nerves, he can pull out another side on you. So he's reasonably peaceful. Rarely does he get upset, but sometimes he just got to put his foot down. Sometimes that just happens. And I am on that other extreme. I am by nature confrontational and a fighter. Now, I have radically mellowed that over the last 20 years. But my very nature is military. That's why I'm armed to the teeth. I remember when I took my oldest son and my nephew out to, we went to a skeet shooting range and none of us had ever gone before. So we had to take a shotgun, you know, they'll holler, pull and throw the little clay discs up in the air. And after all three of us had gone, I think my son and my nephew, they hit about five. I hit 24 out of 25. And, and the man said, he said, are you a pro at this? I said, no, this is my first time I've ever shot a shotgun. He's like, I've never seen anybody do that. You hit 24 out of 25. I said, I'm military. I've never shot a shotgun, but man, I'm loaded for bay. I got every kind of weapon you can think of. I said... I'm just military. I'm mild. I will literally not kill anything if I can help it. I won't kill a bug if there's an alternative with it, where I don't take life unless it's absolutely necessary. But I'm prepared if necessary. And that's from my old military nation. It was just that way. It's still there, but it's buried and it's controlled, but it's there. So I do the best that I can, and I'm still struggling with that, to maintain peace in all situations. And I have radically changed from 20 years ago to where now I can maintain my peace in just about all situations, if it's possible for Nathaniel Bronner to maintain his peace. So if it's possible, I do. So I gave us our three examples because there are different natures, and some of y'all are born different. Some people are born with a different temperament than others. Some are born with a general temperament. Some are born with the temperament of a warrior. And when you got a warrior temperament, you got to struggle more to get that thing and to keep that thing under control than you do when you're born with a general temperament. So peace with people is a challenge. Peace within your own home is a challenge. It's a challenge to keep peace with your spouse. It's a challenge to keep peace with your children. It's a challenge, especially to keep peace. And there's so many blended families now. It's a challenge to keep peace with your stepchildren. So just keeping peace within your house. I'm not talking about keeping peace with folk on your job. I'm just talking about keeping peace in your house is a challenge. And I just want to even think I got four big, strong young men. They've never fussed or read up at their father. Never. Do you know what a blessing that is? Now, they probably do know, they've never seen me upset, but they do know their daddy is a warrior. They do know that. <laughs> but it's just a blessing 
to have peace within your house. And most of the time, especially with fathers and sons, it's not peace between them daddies and sons. It's a battle constantly. And it's so many times, if you go to prison, what you will find is almost every young man in prison has an issue with his dad. Almost everyone has an issue with his dad. So it's just a blessing just to have peace in your house. Peace. What is it worth for your peace? Number two is peace with circumstances. There are circumstances. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you know you need to be at a level where folk can't even understand your peace? Because stuff will go on all around you. And you need to be at a level. How are you at peace in the middle of all of this? How are you at peace in your body's acting up? How are you at peace in your money's acting up? How are you at peace in your kids acting up? How are you at peace in your spouse's acting up? Look what kind of president we got. And half the folk going to look at that negative, half positive. How are you going to be at peace and look at the senatorial race we got going on? How are you at peace with all that? Some of these are external circumstances. And you've got to learn how to be at peace with circumstances. I preached a sermon called the serenity prayer that some of you may need to go back and listen. But the main thing is this. A lot of this stuff in life you don't have control of. You're only responsible for the stuff you have control over. All you're responsible for is going out and vote. Who the president is or who the senator is after that, that ain't your business. You cannot control that. But don't you dare sit there fussing about it. You didn't vote. Now you need to do what you can do. And I'm going to leave it all up to the God. No, you get out and vote. Don't you leave it up to the Lord. That's your responsibility. We have bled and fought and died and been jailed to vote. And then folks won't get out and go vote. And then go fuss about what we got. So no, you get out and vote. I don't care who you vote for. You just get out and vote. You do what you're supposed to do. And when you do what you are supposed to do, there's a peace that comes with that. You cannot control what you cannot control. Y'all let that sink in. You cannot control what you cannot control. You cannot control what you cannot control. Now, a lot of people don't have peace because they have not controlled what they could control and what they were supposed to control. There are some things you are supposed to do. There are some things you are supposed to be responsible for. There are some things that is in your hand and you got to use what's in your hand, what God has ordained for you to do. And when you do that, you have peace. But a lot of this stuff you have no control over. And when you have no control over it, don't let this stuff disturb your peace. There was once a lady, and she said the way she does it, she does it like this. She said anytime she has all these issues and all these problems, she imagines them ridden on a soap bubble. And she lets all of the soap bubbles up into the air with all her different problems and issues on. And then she imagines a real, real problem. See, most of our problems are not real, real problems. She imagines a major health crisis. Or she imagines something really tragic happening. And when she imagines that, all of the soap bubbles burst. Because most of our issues, in truth, they're not big. They're small. And if you went to the doctor and the doctor told you you got three months to live, all your other problems that you've been worried about now, they're soap bubbles. They bust. Because now you're dealing with this issue. And if you imagine you got three months to live, 
Now, all of a sudden, you're not going to die in three months. Then why do you let all those problems come back on you? And often we've got to learn how not to let stuff stick and stay with us and worry us that are really inconsequential. And I see how young people are sometimes so unhappy because they worry about so many things that the older people, first of all, you got to get old. So you got to be doing something right just to make it to get old. So if you get old, old folk don't worry about a lot of stuff young folk worry about. They just don't. I called my oldest son yesterday because I heard him leave the house He's got this high-powered car, and I heard him just step on the gas. And I called, I said, was that you? He said, yeah, that was me. And it was loud. But this is the point. I am so thankful he was in that car. He's never had a wreck. He's a phenomenal driver. He was loud, just like I used to be. See, I sold my motorcycle about four or five years ago. And a lot of people you see now, a lot of these young kids with these high-powered muscle cars making all this noise. But I rode a motorcycle about four or five years ago. There is something about a motorcycle. Make no sense whatsoever. But when you pull up to the traffic light on a motorcycle, now, this has nothing to do with the engine. My motorcycle ran just as smooth. It has nothing to do with the engine. There's no mechanical reason for this whatsoever. But every motorcycle driver, I don't care how young or old he is, every motorcycle driver, when they pull up to the red light, they're going, boom, boom, boom. That that has nothing to do with nothing. The engine doesn't need it. Matter of fact, it's bad on the engine. So it doesn't help the engine, doesn't help you take off any smoother, doesn't do anything. But I just couldn't help it. You pull up to the light, you're sitting there for a minute, boom. Made no sense whatsoever. But there's something about it in a man that if he's got a powerful loud motor, boom, 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 boom. So I'm thankful with my son. And see, that's why some of us we get more peace when we remember how we were. And we look at other folk in the way we are now, not remembering how we used to be. And I had to remember just four or five years ago, which meant I was 60-something. I'm still sitting there like, run, run, run. (laughs) And you understand, and when you have empathy, your peace, because some of us don't have peace because we are too judgmental and self-righteous. And it causes us All kinds of issues. And the third thing is you need peace with God. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. You keep in perfect peace he whose mind is steadfast in you. If you trust in God, that's one reason I can go anywhere. And I just don't worry about it because I trust in God. I know God's got me as long as I do what he tells me to do. Hardly anything bothers me. If you believe God controls everything, if you believe God is omnipotent and omniscient, if you believe he's all-powerful and all-knowing and he trusts in you, why should you not have peace? The worst that can happen to you is that you die. And if you trust in God, you're going to heaven. So why should you have all of this turmoil about all of the stuff and you believe in an all-powerful, all-knowing God and you trust in God? 
what is your peace worth? Will you allow the news to take your peace? Will you allow a job to take your peace? Will you allow a person to take your peace? There's a quote that goes, he who angers you controls you. When you let a person take your peace, they control you. And today I actually had gone out to my office. I was actually going to do another illustration and I was going to put some sand in some water and just show you how when you get still, the water, the sand settles and everything clears up. And I just heard God say, you got what you need at your office. And I went there and I didn't have any sand. But what I did have was some oil. And that's what is in this bottle. This is water and oil. The type of oil that's in this bottle is not olive oil. Olive oil is the traditional anointing oil that's used in the church. This is not olive oil. This is oregano oil. When I researched oregano oil, a lot of experts believe oregano oil is actually the plant the Bible calls hyssop. I want to just uh, you to ask yourself, am I in the peace that I should be in? You know the answer to that right away. You didn't even have to think about it. You know the answer to that right away. To be honest, this is one area that I am in the peace I need to be in. I'm pretty peaceful about everything. I'm 95% peaceful, or really 99% the vast majority of the time. And a few times I get off, I get right back in pretty fast. So I do have the peace of God because I trust him to handle situations that I'm not supposed to handle. I just trust God. But I know too often... Too many people are in too much turmoil of lack of peace, lack of sleep, lack of tranquility, lack of joy, because they're dealing with people or circumstances or themselves. And what I want to do today, I want you to come down and anoint yourself with this oil and water, not just oil like the tradition. It's a mixture of oil and water because that's what we are. We're not all water. We're a mixture of oil and water, what you would call fat and water. We are a mixture, our bodies, of oil and water. Oregano is strong. It's got a strong smell to it, but it's powerful. It's disinfectant. It kills germs. See, Elijah takes oregano oil every day. That's why I got the oregano oil was because I was hanging around see Elijah. But today I want those of you... And I'm going to ask C. Elijah to pray over this because he's the one with the most innate amount of peace I know. I'm going to ask C. Elijah to pray over it. I'm going to pour it in three bowls. And I just want you to come up and dip your finger in the bowl. And I want you to anoint wherever you want to anoint on you for an increased level of peace. Now, do not get this in your eyes. (laughs) Oregano oil is strong. Do not get it in your eyes. So we're going to have three bowls. Prior to the three bowls, we're going to have some hand sanitizer. So I want you to sanitize your hand, then put it in the bowl to get the oil and water mixture, and then put it on your body wherever you need a greater level of peace. So see, Elijah, as I set this up, I want you to just pray over this. This is oregano oil and water, and I just want you to impart the peace of God. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this word today. Thank you for peace with people and peace with circumstances. Peace with you, Lord, which comes by Christ Jesus. 
thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the peace of God that guards our hearts and our minds. Peace that passes all understanding. We thank you for your peace, Lord. And Father, just pray over this water and oil mixture in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Just pray that you would anoint it, Lord, and let it be a symbol, a token, a representative of the peace of God that flows in our lives. Do something special in the hearts today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, you wanted me to repeat again. Don't get it in your eyes. Oregano oil is very strong. It's real powerful. So don't get it in your eyes. It's not going to blind you, but it will sting. And what we're going to do, we've got three bowls here. I'm going to have each one of the pastors to spray your hands with hand sanitizer. So we'll sanitize whatever. You don't need but one hand. So whatever is your dominant hand. So if you're right-handed, hold out your right hand. If you're left-handed, hold out your left hand. We'll spray that hand. So we've got three different stations. And all you need to do is just dip your hand in. You only need to dip it in one bowl. And put it where you need the peace. For many, it'll just be in your mind. So put it right here. Some you may want it on your heart or wherever. Some may have a bum knee that you may need to put it on your knee. Lord, give me peace with this knee. <laughs> For those of you who want an increased level of peace in your life, we invite you now to stand and come forward. Just put out one hand. Amen. Let it dry just a second.
Amen. Amen and amen. 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 I remember I used to have on my personal checks, I had the slogan, Peace is the greatest possession and money cannot buy it. A lot of people think we can get peace with possessions, but that just doesn't happen. As a matter of fact, the stats almost show sometimes the most stuff you have, the less peace you have because you're worried about your stuff so much. As long as you have sufficiency, you ought to have peace. Having ye food and raiment, be ye therewith content. I'm going to ask Pastor James to close us out for today. Amen. Amen. We thank Pastor for the awesome message on peace. In these times, we all are going to need an increase of peace. It's inflation and just all the political and just so much going on. But I tell you, God's peace is sufficient, though. No matter what's going on in your life, His peace is sufficient. And that's why even when His angels would show up a lot, He would say, Peace be unto you. And it would just calm all the presence of God sufficient for your life. And I was just watching a video yesterday and it was even talking about it. When teenagers, you know, they're more depressed than ever now. And it's saying that it's a dangerous thing how they learn to deal with stress. Because when you're a teenager, whatever you learn to deal with that stress with it can become locked into your neural system so they said when they begin to get into alcohol or marijuana when they get stressed then it forms something with the dopamine in their brain and for the rest of their lives when stress hits them they'll resort back to whatever it was that gave them a relief from stress in those teenage years so it's so important to begin to deal with stress with prayer and and with getting in your word and walking in nature the right way because the bottle will seem like it'll take the problems away but once you sober up it'll actually be worse than it was beforehand And, and even as pastor was talking about how I mentioned that the juice tasted like wine today and I actually when he talked about it Suzanne was listening live and she texted in and said actually we did have two types of cups one was juice and wine I said well uh uh-uh, uh cause pastor had multiple cups he thought it was juice so if he slurs words a little today you know what happened <laughs> so I think that actually was wine today <laughs> but we thank God for just giving us a demonstration and an anointing of peace amen he also talked about how none of his four boys had reared up at him. And I have three boys. and I haven't directly had a rare up, but I had something close to it. So when one of my sons, he had a little temper problem young, and he got about 16. So he grew in size and had been working out, and, and courage came on him. And one day I told him something that he didn't want to do and didn't want to hear, so... He knew not to just directly come out at me. <laughs> but he asked, he said, Daddy, you know how we used to spar younger when we were in karate and we had the pass? He said, 
what do you think about doing that now? So I told him, I said, well, go get the gear. I know he was mad at I was like, go get the gear and we can do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I knew he was upset and why he was doing it. So I told him, I said, I want to establish the rules before we start. I said, you can hit me as hard as you want, but understand it's going to come back just as hard. So, <laughs> so he got in. I let him get in a few hits on me. Then I knocked the breath out. He said, okay, I've had enough now. <laughs> They've never asked to put the pads on again since that. <laughs> so sometimes we have to instill peace in our children. Amen. <laughs> He's been peaceful with me ever since that day. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, stand to your feet. Well, let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for the anointing of peace that we've had on today, oh Lord. We thank you for being the Prince of Peace, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, that when we can't deal with stress, and situations in our own mind, in our own flesh, oh Lord. That we thank you that when our spirits tap into the Prince of Peace, that you're more than enough, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, for just being our peace, oh Lord. Peace that passeth all understanding that when others around us at work are dealing with the same problems, but we have peace that they won't understand, O oh Lord, that is your spirit that is keeping us, O oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the peace that passeth all understanding, O oh Lord. Thank you for keeping us through sickness, through deaths, O oh Lord, through relationship issues, through financial strain, whatever it may be, O oh Lord. We thank you for your peace, O oh Lord, that keeps our mind, O oh Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for peace, O oh Lord. Thank you for peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was the message titled, What is Worth Your Peace? by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5975. That's 5975. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5975 to a friend, go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the Word.